do that. <clears throat> Amen. Hallelujah. Man, my voice is already shot, but I'm going to shoot it even more. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 7, as a text tonight. You know, I had this in my notes here this morning, and, um, and I didn't get to it. And I really liked it. So we're going to do that tonight. I mean, I actually had a totally different direction that I was feeling over the weekend and for this evening service, and, um, and I just could not get away from, from what uh, the Lord dealt with me about this morning, so I'm just going to continue in that vein this evening and ask the Lord to help us. I mean, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Amen. Each one of us have a unique inheritance. Amen. Unfading, incorruptible. Amen. Waiting for us. Amen. A promise. Amen. For each of us. Amen. Reserved in heaven for you. Talking about you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perish, than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you could lay down your Bibles, let's ask the Lord to help us in the remainder of this service. God, we need your grace this morning. God, anoint Lord, I pray that you give grace to the hearers of the word of the Lord tonight. Also, anoint my lips, God, and my heart. Lord, please, God, exactly what you would. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we believe you tonight, God. We believe you tonight. Oh, you're worthy, Savior. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to be careful at this point because I have something I want to share with you tonight. Again, I want to share with you. Amen. And, um, but, bef- and, but before I do, I want to preface it and let you know that, that it is a little bit detailed. So I don't want you to fall asleep on me, okay? All right, Brother Andrew, don't fall asleep on me. If you do, I'll, I'll, uh, uh, I won't do anything. I'll just, I'll just stand here um, <clears throat> and continue what I'm doing. Amen. But, but how many know that gold is a precious metal? Amen. That's, it's an old thing, and it's been used for currency in many nations, and it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's, just a, it's just a precious metal. It's among the precious metal group, and it's also one of the noble metals as well. Amen. It's, it's not perishable as far, as far as oxidation and corrosion. Amen. But it, it sustains itself. Amen. But the, the author of 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse, uh, I believe it was verse... Uh, seven, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold 
that perisheth says that even though I mean, it doesn't corrode, even though gold does not um, oxidize or, or become less in value on its own, amen, it will perish one day. Amen, everything in this world, amen, is going to melt with a fervent heat. And, uh, and everything on this earth is going to go away at some point. And so it's a perishable item, amen. But he talked about and he compared it with our faith, which is not a perishable item. He says being much, well, he's saying that it's much more precious than uh, of gold that perisheth. Amen. Both, amen, are tried in the fire. Amen. I, I was kind of trying to understand I mean, the refinement process for gold, and there are two systems amen, that gauge the level of purity of gold. The first system, amen, is known as the millesimal fineness system and is gauged uh, by units of parts per 1,000. So uh, a really good quality piece of gold is like 999 parts gold per 1,000. And so that last part um, contains impurities of some form or another. And and uh, in the mixture, but they try their best to get it as close to 1,000 as possible, so that way it's closer to 100% gold. And the higher you get to that 1,000 mark, the higher the value of your gold. And in the United States and United Kingdom, they use a carrot system. And uh, when you go to the stores or you go to the mall and go past those jewelry stores, there's you see in the window, 18 karat gold ring or um, 14 karat and, and all these different kinds of carats of gold. And, and that is based on a 24-part system. So if you have 18 carats of gold, you have 75% gold. It's the, the metal is an alloy, and 75% of it is gold, and the remaining six parts, the remaining 25% is some other metal. And they determine the other metal by, by the purpose with the, the metal piece that they're constructing. They're either going to select um, some, some uh, silver to make it harder or, or some other forms of metal to, to mix in with this gold for whatever purpose they're trying to achieve, whether they're looking for color or har uh, harder metal or if they just want to decrease the price of the metal itself. And so the process that they use to refine their metal is an interesting process. I thought it was interesting. They use what they call the Miller process. And um, it's a gold refinement technique. It's been founded back in the 1800s and has been industrialized. And now they can do it uh, in mass. They can do it by it, really quickly in, in bulk. And, um, but it purifies gold to 99.95% gold. It's an incredible uh, process, and they could do this, and they, you could give them literally any kind of ore of gold from anywhere in the world, and it will depure. They will get rid of all the impure parts of it and all the other types of metal, except for that 0.05 percent of the gold, and that puts it at 999.5 parts per thousand. And then, if you can do math, uh, I can't because I well, I can, but I'm just really slow at it. So, but 99.95% translates to 999.5 uh, parts per 1,000 gold, okay? And so, so it's really close, but they're, but the way, and the way they do that is they use uh, this chlorine gas, and they will melt the gold and 
to its melting point, and then it'll just be sitting in uh, in this ceramic pot of of some some kind of pot that will that won't that won't break at that heat, and it will just be molten gold inside inside the the pot, and then inside that pot they will infuse it with chlorine, and that chlorine will um, create chlorides with other elements that are inside the gold. So they'll chloridize those other elements, and that those elements will pop to the top, and you can skim off the top of that. And um, all that junk that was in the gold is now sitting on the top, revealed and exposed for everybody to see. Amen. And, um, and you can grab it, and now what you have is your 99.95% pure gold. That's an incredible process, you know. It's interesting to me. Amen. And... Um, and then beyond that, there's another process I'm not going to get into because it's a lot more complex. But they can get it all the way, all the way to nine, 999.99 parts gold per 1,000 parts. That's really, really close to pure. But it's impossible for you to produce 100% here on earth. It's impossible for us for, for not me, but those people, to uh, produce 100% gold. It's impossible. You can't do it. You cannot do it here on earth. Amen. You can't. I don't care how, how much refinement you, you uh, how much experience you have. I mean, there was one place in Australia, uh, 1957, they, they were just, a, just, it was called the Perth Mint, and it was owned by the, the British Royal Mint. Company was one of the branches in Australia back in the day. And um, in 1957, they produced the purest form of gold ever. 999.999. Okay, they got that one nine on the end there. But that's the closest anybody's ever got to 100%. I'm telling you, it's impossible. I don't care how long you spend studying this. I don't care how long you spend your life. If you dedicate, Andrew, I know you like chemistry. But I don't care if you spend the rest of your life just working. I'm, I'm sorry for picking on you. I'm not trying to pick on you tonight, but you're easy to pick on. So, um, But anyway, even though you spend all of your life trying to work on this, you'll never get it to 100%. It's impossible. You might get to 999, 997.997, .998, .999. You won't get to 100%. And the reason for that is because, is because of the fact that the processes just aren't there. We cannot reach 100% perfect. We cannot, find, we cannot find all of the impurities that lay within the gold. It's, I don't care what process you take it through. You're always going to have something left there. Amen. Amen. I don't care. I can talk about how hot you heat the fire. I I, you can... Talk about all the different chemicals you can use to, to just to, to bond with the gold, but you cannot get it 100%. And um, Leviticus chapter 9, verse 22. Josh, since I haven't titled the last couple, I'll title this one, A Consuming Fire. Amen. But the, the, God started the fire in Leviticus. Amen. On the altar. Amen. It was the, the altar in the Old Testament, in the, uh, the Old Testament tabernacle, was the, the place that the priests would bring their sacrifices to when they were ready, amen, to produce a sin offering or uh, any form of offering, just a peace offering, a wave offering, any 
of these offerings that they wanted to produce for God, they had to go first through the altar. And God commanded the priests that they should never, ever let the fire that's on that altar go out. I mean, the reason, uh, I'll get to the reason in just a minute. Leviticus chapter uh, 6 verse 12 says, And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. No ifs, ands, or buts. And the priests shall, and the priests shall burn wood on it every morning, every morning, and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. Every single day, the priest had a responsibility to make sure, I mean, there was an adequate supply of wood for that fire to consume. Every single morning that those priests went up, I don't care how tired they were, I don't care how, how hard the day was beforehand. I mean, their obligation was to the Lord, and it was to make sure that there was enough wood for the fire to continue burning for another day. Amen. Lay burnt offering in order upon it. Uh, uh, and the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. Lay burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn there, uh, there on the fat of the peace offerings. And the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. It shall never go out. Why? Why do we need a fire to always be burning on this altar? Why is it important for us to maintain, amen, the fire, amen, that is burning on this altar? I mean, the reason, one of the reasons, is because God started the fire. Amen, God started in Leviticus chapter 9, verse 22 through 24. And Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them came down from the offering of the sin offering and, and the burnt offering and peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out, blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed the altar, the burnt offering, and the fat, which, was, which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. I don't know if you remember, amen, but there was one time when I was about five years old, amen, that I made my way down to an old wooden altar at Kansas camp meeting. It was just, it was an old UPC camp meeting. They may not have had everything right, but whenever I made my way down to that altar, I found a place uh, and I began to pray and I asked God, would you allow this sacrifice, would you allow this offering that I have? I don't care how weak it is. I don't, I mean, I, I wish I had something better to give the Lord. I wish I had more talent. I wish I had more ability. I mean, I wish my sacrifice was something to write about it. But, but all it was was just a measly little old five-year-old, I mean, who crawled down to an altar when a man of God, I mean, stood in the pulpit and preached conviction on my soul. I mean, I found an altar. And that day, the Lord started a fire. The Lord came down and consumed that offering. Man, from the outside, it didn't look like it was worth much. Man, from people on the outside, they didn't, they valued it very little. It wasn't anything, it wasn't anything much. Amen. But when the fire of the Lord came down and consumed that offering, amen, it started a purification process in my life. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. I'm sorry if I, this is a little bit different, amen, especially for a Sunday night. But, but I feel like the Lord is trying to take us somewhere. Amen. I, I, 
I know what it feels like, friend. I know, amen, what it's like, amen, to, to wake up one morning and, and remember the deeds that you've done uh, the day before and think, my God, I wish I'd never have done that. Hallelujah. Like I said, I got the Holy Ghost when I was five. Amen. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about when I was four. I'm not talking about when I was three. I'm talking about, amen, after I got the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's, there's a purification process. Amen. That continues day in and day out. I mean, it's our responsibility, amen, that when we started the fire, amen, in an altar of repentance years ago to make sure that every day we wake up and find some wood. We go out into the forest and, and we try to find the driest wood. That, I'm not going to let it go out today. I'm not going to let it die out today. I mean, the Lord started this fire in my soul. He started something burning in me a long time ago. And I'm not going to let the devil take this from me today. I'm not interested in letting the reins of life douse out the fire. Amen. That God started in my life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Nadab and Abihu. Amen. They found something. They found an alternative fire. Amen. They, they uh, thought that they could just get away with maybe, maybe just starting a different fire. Maybe, nobody would notice. Nobody could see the difference. Nobody, it looks the same. Uses the same kindling. Uses the same fuel for burning. I mean, it may even smell the same when you apply even the burnt incense to it. Amen. But there was a difference. Amen. Maybe not uh, sensible to our senses. Maybe we couldn't detect the difference. But there was a God in heaven above who said, I didn't start that fire. I didn't, I didn't ignite that fire. That's a different flame. That's a different. There's a, there's a strangeness about that fire. Amen. It wasn't started in an altar. That fire wasn't wasn't didn't ignite, amen, on my knees. I did. That fire, amen, it was ignited, amen, in the pride of my life. It was ignited in the lust of my flesh. It was ignited, amen, because I wanted to appear on the outside, amen, that I still had a fire burning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wish, uh, amen, I wish I had something more profound for you here tonight. I wish I had something, amen, that would rip you out of that pew and, and set you on the ground, amen. But, but what I've got for you here tonight is just a simple message. It's an old message, amen. It's been preached, amen, by the patriarchs of the Old Testament. Amen. It's just that old message of I need him. I still need him. Amen. When Abraham wandered out of the land of Ur of the Chaldees, he didn't go on his own. He didn't go out hoping for grand promises and, 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 and because of some dream that he had. No, he went out because God asked him to. God bid him to go out. Amen. And we could read through the Old Testament and find other examples of that. We talked about Moses this morning. We talked about him in the burning bush. Amen. When he, amen, was just going day to day. Amen. Doing his ordinary tasks. Amen. Fulfilling his daily responsibilities. 
he recognized, amen, an ever-burning fire in a bush. Amen. Ignited by the Lord. And he turned aside and looked at it. And he said, he said, God, whatever you want me to do, I just need you. I'm not interested. Amen. It's just pomp and circus. I'm not interested. Amen. In the, in the role that I could have had if I would have stayed back at Pharaoh's house. What I'm interested in is you. I want you to take me by the hand. Hallelujah. Man, I wish this was, I wish I could make this the way I feel it right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. His response, amen, to that old burning fire, is here am I. I'm available, God. Burn off whatever you got to burn off. I, I don't want, I don't want to let this fire burn out. That day, Moses, God ignited a fire in Moses. There's a transformation that happened in the man. I mean, he tried to make excuses. He tried to say that, you know what? I just, I don't feel like I'm qualified. I don't feel like I'm, I'm capable of doing what you're asking me to do. But whenever, amen, it came time uh, and the rubber met the road, when Moses stepped into Pharaoh's palace, guess who's doing the talking? Amen. It wasn't the substitute. It was the man himself amen, that made himself available to God. Because God had already burned out all the impurities, amen, all the things, amen, that would shake, amen, at the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 First Kings chapter 18, 21 through 24, Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long hold ye between two opinions? The Lord be God, follow him. Baal, then follow him. The people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain the prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. I'm telling you, Israel had arrived at a place where you couldn't get any more backslidden, couldn't get any more impure. Amen. The gold had absorbed and bonded with all these other kinds of elements. Amen. And then there came a time when the man of God stepped up and said, you know what? It's time to purify some things. It's time to change something. You guys want a revival? You want to see the things that God has promised you? You want, amen, you want all the things, amen, that God has promised you before? You know what? It's going to require, amen, some purification. It's going to require the burning fire. It's going to require the heat, amen, of God. Hallelujah. So all the people answered, Yeah. Preach it, brother. I want to hear. I want, I want you to preach that message of repentance. I want you to preach that message of change. And all the people said, it's well spoken. Hallelujah. 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 We started, as we talked about this morning, amen, some things started to shake. Amen. When the word of God comes forth, 
Amen. The things that shake are the things that need to be removed. Amen. The things that shake are the things, amen, that need to be removed. The things that, re- the things that don't move, the things that are not shaking may remain. Amen. According to the word of the Lord. Amen. First Kings chapter 18, 25 to 29, when Elijah stepped up and said, hey, let's do something. Let's, let's create a sacrifice for the Lord. Amen. The people said it was well spoken. Then Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, choose you one bullock for yourselves and dress it first, for ye are many, and call the name of your gods and put no fire under. And they took the bullock, which was given them, and they dressed it. And called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice nor any that answered. And they leaped upon upon the altar which was made, and it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them. I'm telling you, those, those Baalites, those prophets of Baal, I mean, did everything in their power, I mean, to produce the fire. They did everything in their power, amen, to produce that, that what, what they were trying to produce, amen. But they didn't realize that they were the elements that needed to be burned out. That they were what God was trying to get out. Elijah mocked him, said, cry aloud, I'm going to skip all that. Amen. But then it came Elijah's turn. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and Elijah said to all the people, come near unto me. And all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Amen. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as, as great as would contain two measures of seed. I'm telling you that, that these Baalites, the prophets of Baal, the ones, amen, that were dancing on the altar and creating such a scene, amen, ended up destroying, amen, the place that God would use to ignite the fire. And before they could get the fire of the Holy Ghost, the fire of God to burn again, they had to repair, amen, an old altar. Amen, they had to repair, amen, the altar. Amen, and that was the first thing Elijah did. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it the third time. The water ran about the altar and he filled the trench also with water and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said Lord God of Abraham Isaac and of Israel let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant that I've I've done all these things at thy word hear me O Lord hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God thou hast turned the heart back again the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. I mean, something happened. I mean, it wasn't all about the, the show of the, the lights and, and the fire I mean, coming down and just 
consuming all the, what a, what a notable miracle, what a wonderful story to tell your kids. But what was more important, the thing that God was driving at was finding some Israelites on their faces. And say, God, get this stuff out of me. You got you to gotta dig all this stuff out. Get any, any of this Baal stuff. I, I want it all out. I don't want, there's nothing else like you, God. There's no one beside you, God. I remember the days when you, when you, when the priest, uh, amen, would go up to that holy fire on the altar. And my sacrifice, amen, it wasn't worth much. It wasn't worth anything, really. But it was the best I had. So I made it on down to the old bullock covered, that skin covered tabernacle. I took my little lamb and offered it to the priest. And he took it. And he didn't judge me, didn't say anything. He just took it and said, this is what the Lord's looking for. And offered it to the Lord on a holy fire. I'm telling you, friend. Amen. I felt the Holy Ghost moving in this service. Amen. In our worship. I mean, there was such a genuine apostolic feeling in this place. There's no doubt that the fire of God, I mean, is burning in this place. There's no doubt that the Holy Ghost, amen, is in this house. I'm not talking about some false pretense. I'm not talking about some uh, ulterior, some strange fire. I'm talking about the genuine fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. What I wonder... Here tonight. Amen. As if anybody came here with a sacrifice. If anybody was willing, amen, to come tonight and put everything else aside and say, God, the way I look at it, it's not worth much. Amen. But I came here tonight with my best. I came here tonight with everything that I had. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel like the Holy Ghost is ready, amen, to consume some burnt offerings here tonight. Hallelujah. If you're waiting on me just to scream and holler at you to tell you to do something, I'm not going to do it. I mean, this is your sacrifice. I mean, this is your best. This is what, this is what God is expecting of you. God is searching, amen, for somebody, amen, to come with with their best, to give them everything. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. When you come to the house of the Lord with a sacrifice of praise, when you come to the house of the Lord, amen, with that offering, with the best that you've got, all it does is add a little bit more fuel to your fire. All it does is just the, the flames spark up a little bit. God says, this is what I'm hungry for. This is what I'm searching for. I'm looking for somebody, amen, to give me something, something from their heart, something from deep down inside. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 through 12. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly pur purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Amen. Hey, that's what I want. I want, I want an unquenchable fire. I want, I want an unquenchable. Nothing can saturate this fire. Nothing, uh, nothing can shut this thing down. There's something burning on the inside of me. Amen. That's not going to shut up anytime soon. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Psalm 69 and 9 says, For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. Amen. That phrase, amen, hath eaten me up is the same word, amen, that is translated as consumed. Amen. The, the psalmist said, he said, it's not just a little flicker. It's not just a little flame that's burning on the inside of me. I mean, it's something that's eating me up. It's something that's consuming me. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. The th the Paul said to the Thessalonians of 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19, quench not the spirit. Hallelujah. Don't try to douse it out. Don't try to put it out. You just ought to let it, just let it rage. Just let it roar through your life. Hallelujah. Why don't we all stand here tonight? Amen. Let's get a little uncomfortable in here. Let's get a little quiet in here. I want to I wanna allow the Lord to have his way in this place tonight. I want God to move. Hallelujah. I've got an offering for him. He's going to have my very best. He's going to receive everything from me. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. I give you all, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Oh, Jesus.